Welcome to the Generation Elevation Podcast, a conscious, connected platform for those who are ready to manifest their dream life. I'm your host, Elise Riley, a former PT, now motivational speaker, igniting empowerment and transformation all across the globe. Here at Generation Elevation, we are committed to bringing you the most inspiring guests who will share their stories, wisdom, and advice to help you progress closer to living a life of your own terms. Welcome back to another episode of Generation Elevation. Today, I am joined by a very special guest who is the chairman of Pitch International. He is also the chairman of Surrey County Cricket Club. So with that said, I would like to introduce to you today, Ollie Slipper. Hello, Ollie. How are you? I'm very good. Well, thanks for having me on your podcast. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. And I'm so glad that we were able to make some time and meet up today. I'm really excited. No, great. Well, welcome to the Kier Oval. We're sat here in the committee room, which is, I think, one of the great rooms in the world of sports, you know, surrounded by history and looking out over one of the great cricket grounds in the world. It is truly beautiful. Now, I met Ollie through my amazing friend, Adam. And if you've been a listener for a while, you would know that I've had Adam on the show. And when I first moved to London, Adam actually generously took me around like the Kia Oval and how he had a walk on the ground. And honestly, it is so magical here. Like literally as we were walking in today to sit down here and record, it's like doors upon doors. There's just rooms and history and everywhere you look, there's just something that is a memorabilia of this place like you can really tell and feel like how big this whole place is and the history behind it it's quite beautiful yes mega and and adam's a big part of the history here as well i think you know behind me we're on the wall which is all of the Surrey Wisdom Cricketers of the Year and Adam was 2003 Wisdom Cricketer of the Year I think he was voted in the all-time Surrey Cricket 11 as the captain so you know he's a big part of the history here so we love having him back he comes back every summer for a few weeks and always makes sure he spends some time here but yeah he's one of the legends of this club yeah it's really cool I didn't actually realize the extent of that when I first got here because when he was showing me around like he's got his own gate and his name and pictures up on nearly every wall and it's yeah it's quite amazing he's got his own bar yeah Smokey's bar Smokey's bar you know you're a legend when you get your own bar (laughs) yeah he is a legend and he actually introduced me to you and that's why I'm here today because I really felt like you have such a cool energy and I'm really excited to hear your story and how you have gone to this seat and where you are today so for the listeners who don't really know much about you Ollie and Pitch and also like Surrey in general because a lot of my listeners are from Australia Tell us a little bit about your history, like from where you started to getting here to where you are today. Well, I guess I started out as a young aspiring cricketer, played club cricket as a kid and started to get reasonably good when I was sort of 16, 17 and somehow ended up with a contract to play pro cricket here. I had a couple of years playing on the staff and fortunate enough to rub shoulders with the likes of Adam and other legends around the club like Alex Stewart, Graham Thorpe, mates of mine and Adam's, the likes of Alex Tudor, etc. And yeah, I mean, my cricket career was pretty short and pretty unsuccessful and unspectacular, Mm -hmm. but I loved every moment of it. And, you know, I love this place. I've always had a deep connection with Surrey. So wanted to stay involved in the game, continue to play 
club cricket for many years after I was released as a pro cricketer and still to this day play a few times every year for Weybridge Cricket Club. I think my average last season was about two, so I'm not going in the right direction. But embarked, having sort of failed as a pro cricketer, embarked on a career in the business of sport and have been very fortunate enough, you know, if you're not good enough to play out on the pitch, the next best thing is to be involved in it from an administration and a commercial side of things and have built a career in and around sports technology, sports TV, sports events, which have allowed me to sort of build my network and work with some of the biggest sports organizations and personalities in the world. And I've been fortunate enough after, you know, a relatively successful career, which, you know, I'm still very much in to had the opportunity to come back here as the chairman of Surrey, which is a great privilege. Yeah, it is so special. And I already know there'll be so many people out there that are quite inspired by you and your story. Yeah, obviously the career wasn't as successful being a professional sportsman yourself, but then switching that around, like so many people would just give up on the sport they love in general and try something else, but you kind of stuck to it and have made it your kind of your own thing that suits you and your strengths. So what I want to hear is those key moments for you where potentially maybe they were more so, I call them breakthroughs those moments where you thought about giving up or you might have decided that maybe it's time to turn back but you kept going and then now look at where you are kind of thing. Yeah I mean I guess one of the give up things is you see so many sort of junior elite sports people who don't quite make the grade and then sort of give up the thing that defined their youth and gave them purpose and one of the things I always have loved doing is playing cricket and so whilst I didn't give up cricket or I didn't make it as a pro cricketer the next best thing was playing sort of elite club cricket and I played Weybridge well I continue to do but played a decent level of Premier League club cricket for Weybridge for 15 or 20 years and probably my fondest sporting memory rather than it might scoring 100 for the second 11 here would be winning the Premier League for Weybridge in the in the Surrey Championship so whilst you might not make it to the level you have aspired to do as a as a youngster still having that drive to sort of be the best amateur cricketer that you could be I think was something that's sort of defined my life and has given me friends for life and you know if I look at my kids now play at the same club and it's a very important place for me. Mm, I love that so much. And when you were just speaking now, I say this a lot with my clients about sport being a vehicle to becoming a better version of yourself, like your sport, your career, whatever it is or path that you choose. It teaches you so much about who you are, your morals, your values, what you want to create in this world. And obviously from your experience in cricket, like you've gone on to create like this empire with pitch. And then also now you're the chairman of like Surrey's club. Like it's really Really beautiful and what I am really curious about is what are those things that you wish you knew back then potentially that you know now that if anyone else was listening to this and they're not really sure whether they continue on to do something just for fun even if they aren't at that pro level what would you share with them knowing what you know now? Well, I think something that defines a lot of sports people is a fear of failure. And I think probably if if I look back at my aspirational journey to be a sort of a pro cricketer or, you know, an international cricketer, the fear of failure, when things aren't going right for you, you know, having that mindset just to sort of blank out the negativity and just focus on the positivity. When I look at the lessons I learned as a sportsman and how I've transferred that into my business life, you know, I sort of, I understood that fear of failure and I think you know if I look at my business life I've never been I've never felt that I've been strangled by the fear of failure and we've 
always been able to take calculated risks, to forget the things that have failed in the past and to try new things. And, you know, if there's one thing that if I rewound myself to my 18, 19, 20-year-old self, it would be to have that total fear of failure just sort of taken away and, you know, a total belief in yourself. And But ultimately, that is what you know, it's not necessarily the, the best hundred cricketers in the world aren't necessarily the most talented. They obviously have to have an ultimate true talent, but it's a mindset thing that really defines the the, the best, best players from the, the also rounds. Mm. This topic is extremely important with my work and what I teach. And this is literally why I moved away from personal training and nutrition and doing just that by itself, because I was attracting so many clients that would come in and hope to improve physically, strength, performance, weight loss, whatever their goal was. However, the root cause of their stagnancy was not the nutrition or the training is their mindset, their beliefs that were holding them back around what they thought was possible and what they thought they could achieve and that fear driving them to come in and train then projects onto the way they train and that's when you like manifest all types of things like injuries and yeah, it's not going to help them progress. So I totally get you when you're talking about the importance of mindset and if fear of failure was removed for you, like what would then be like the key maybe three mindset tips you would then give people who are in sport, in business that want to create something new or do something that no one's ever done for before? Like what would be your advice for them? One of the things I always talk to people around is fear of failure is a poor thing, but actually failure isn't necessarily a negative. Mm. And I've always been a big believer in fail fast. So don't hang on to something that's going the wrong way for too long. And if you, if I look at you know my career, I've been involved in building a startup to a business that we floated for half a billion pounds and exited mm. for nearly a billion pounds. If I looked at the stuff that we did really well there, I'd say we failed quickly. So we tried lots of things, but the things that weren't working, we quickly turned off and went to the next thing. Yeah. Because, you know, no one has a 100% strike rate of everything they do turns to gold. But there's a lot of businesses that I've been involved with as an investor in startups that have continued chasing the sort of the poor dream for too long rather than having the ability in your mindset to go, right, I'm going to turn off that's not working, I'm going to try the next thing or I'm going to tweak what we're doing to make it more customer friendly or more commercially viable. Mm. So fail fast. I think then having a team mindset, so not being very... You know, I mean, I look at sort of Adam and, you know, the team that he built with so much success around the early 2000s, there was as much as they were the most talented team in the country, but they had a team mindset where everyone looked out for each other and having the ability to be in a team, to understand where someone's going through a hard time, to pick them up, not be personally motivated by all of your own goals, I think is important. And if I look at my business career, you know, you're only as good as the people around you, as right and as driven as you might be you can't do everything on your own so having good people with a team mindset I think is critical and there's no surprises when I look at my you know the business at Pitch International we've got roughly 100 staff a huge amount of those with they obviously have to have the requisite sort of brain and drive and stuff but a lot of them come from a team sports background and that doesn't need to be an elite team sports background but they've played a good level of sport they can empathize with team friends they can inspire teammates 
So I think having that mindset is very important as well than taking that. And I think that's a real learning from a sport into business perspective. I love that so much, like blown away with that answer. And I am curious, as you were speaking just now, like obviously you've had major success, like you said, one billion pounds with the startup that you created, right? I want to know, have you ever had goals come through that maybe no one's ever done before that you know of in your environment and potentially it has scared you? Have you ever had that feeling where something's so big that's come through, you know you're going to do it, but it's like that? Yeah, I've never felt scared by something. I guess, you know, you have that such adrenaline where you're doing something new and you know that if it works, it's going to have a material impact on the business. I mean, that for me is the most exciting thing about building a business. It's those moments where you launch new products, you press the sort of green go button and you just watch to see how many users subscribe or take it up. Or that's the things that just sort of get you out of bed that get you so excited about the day of work. So I've never necessarily felt intimidated. I mean, I've been involved in other businesses where, you know, when it talks about fail fast, I had a games business after I left Perform where myself and two other guys had come up with an idea for a puzzle game that could take on Candy Crush. But but actually, it was too complicated. I still play it every day <laughs> as my relaxant now. Nice. But it was too complicated to get mass scale. And what we realized quickly is we'd raise some money, but our game would never work. And so we, but in building our game we'd sort of met some other game developers and we'd met these Turkish guys who had this incredible sort of football game that was just very simple you headed the ball to each other and the more the better you got the more superpowers you got so we just said to them right you come part of our business we'll close our game down and me rather than owning 40 percent of a failing business I ended up owning 10 percent of a business that was going exactly in the right direction so don't be scared to make difficult decisions that where things aren't going your way whether that is a job that's not working don't sit there and mull it over and think what might come if I try something else try something else and have that positivity to close down failure and chase sort of growth keep moving did you ever visualize that you would be doing what you do now I did visualize it but not when I was a kid probably you know 10 years ago where I'd sort of built a decent reputation in the business of sport I knew that Surrey was a big part of my life and I could visualize you know I was just being asked to join the board I could definitely visualize you know being involved at the club in a senior level and you know if I go back to my sort of core business career I knew pretty early on that I was pretty good Mm. and it's just like where that was going to take me so I had dreams of running a big sporting business yes yeah that is so cool and I am curious with all of these responsibilities and commitments that you do have like how do you balance that with your life at home like that work-life balance what is that to you because for everyone it could be different yeah I mean I think you go through different phases of your work-life balance I think it was probably more challenging when my kids were young was probably the time I was working the most crazy hours building a business and you look back and think well have I missed out on anything I'm not sure I mean I think you know still in a happy marriage and have two kids that seem to like me most of the time (laughs) and I get lots of time now because I'm sort of you know whilst I'm the chairman and day-to-day involved in running the business I'm not stuck in the office till 10 o'clock every night and I've got a much stronger work-life balance and actually when you think about do I have the energy right now to do another big startup probably not and it is for that 
work-life balance. And the reason that the vast majority of great startups are created by 20 and 30-year-olds mm. is because of that energy and there's no derailing of their focus because of external family pressures and they're able to commit life and soul to building something big and great. Mm. Yeah, that's so beautiful. And with that as well, I am curious, why do you do all this? What, what is it that drives you even now, like you said, the, the energy behind creating a startup? It's a lot of that is required to create something big. You've obviously done that. So I'm curious, has your why changed over time? Yeah. I mean, I do what I do now because I love it. I love the business of sport that I'm involved in. I love the social aspects. I love meeting people. I like rather than sort of doing everything myself, I'm much more focused now on mentoring and inspiring and sort of driving strategy rather than operating myself and I guess that's just a phase in your life and a phase in your career. Yeah and I had another question with that the inspiring aspect of it like you said that it's evolved over time and that energy drives you forward with loving what you do do you reckon that there is a correlation between loving what you do and then making that big impact and leaving legacy like this? A 100%. I mean, I don't think you could ever build a great team on a sporting perspective, build a great business if you don't love what you're doing. Mm. There must be sort of some examples of that, but the vast majority, I think, that the love of your core subject matter will translate into passionate pursuit of your dreams and the company's dreams or the sporting dreams. So I think now that's what I would always encourage youngsters to do is find a career where they're going to be inspired by what they do and if you do that you're far more likely to be successful because mm, one thing that I, I've learned along my journey is that if you attach yourself to the outcome it adds a lot of pressure and stress to trying to make it happen and if you're coming from this place of trying to prove yourself or make it happen it can almost push that away rather than doing things for the sake of the fun and the love for it I think that essence is what gets you to exactly where you want to be anyway being yeah. present so many people i come across so focused on those goals that they have in their future they forget to be in there now and the things that are happening right now are blocking them from actually getting to their future would you agree yeah i mean the analogy that supports that theory most i think is when i look at various investments the biggest turnoff for me is where you see an entrepreneur who's talking about the exit before he's even built the business so where you're thinking about the fact that you're going to try and sell it to this company for X million pounds before you've even focused on building a team, running a product, getting customer satisfaction, that for me is a complete no-no. So live in the day, ensure everything around you is working day to day, and then someone will just knock on your door and buy you. Because when you're just thinking about how I get bought, then you're building the wrong type of business. Yeah. Have you ever had those moments kind of come through for you in your life where you've been so focused on the fun and the joy of it, where things just kind of dropped into your experience that seemed random, but it's almost like you attracted it with your energy or coincidence? Like 100%, I believe. If you try too hard to sort of push for an outcome, 
it's a sort of an unnatural thing. It's like, you know, the best salespeople are the ones that sort of aren't out there sort of selling, are just listening. And then someone wants to come and buy from them because they're not pushing too hard. And I think that translates into business as well. Just go about your life, do a great job, continue thinking about how you can make your product, your business, your team better, and then good things will happen outside of your control. Mm, Yeah, I totally agree with you. And I just want to ask one last question because I want to be mindful of your time, Ollie. But before I do that, if my following want to connect with you and your work, where can they find you? You can find me on LinkedIn or Twitter. LinkedIn or Twitter. Okay, great. I'll pop all of your details in the show notes. Now, for the last question, I want you to think of the first thing that comes to your mind. So it could be like the first thing. It doesn't have to relate to anything that we've spoken about today. However, for the listeners, what do you think is one thing or a few things that they need to hear right now? That's a big question. Yeah. I mean, I think the world we live in, I'm not sure whether Australia is quite as bad as the UK, but you're surrounded by such negativity. Like we've got a friend staying with us at the moment. She's the ex-captain of the New Zealand women's football team. It is American. You should speak to her. She's a very inspiring I'd love to, yeah. And we were sat watching... I turned the news on and she went, I don't watch news. And I was like, yeah, fuck it. Let's turn this off. (laughs) Um, And, you know, just the world seems to be surrounded with a huge amount of negative noise. Try and blank that out where it's not relevant to your life. Focus on your own goals, your own business and stay positive. And that will transcend into success. Mm, I love this. I said I had one last question, but on that, Right. Have you ever received like criticism or hate or anything like that or negativity against you and what you've done? And I'm curious if you have, how you have dealt with that. Not really, because I've never had a public profile. So yeah, any criticism or hate would be, you know, maybe from a competitor who you've won a contract from or, but it's small time. So, Mm -hmm. you know, unlike probably a lot of the people that you interview that have got bigger public profiles that might have big social followings and have said something or done something. I've sort of, I've stayed relatively private for my business life. So I've been fortunate enough to not get cancelled so far. Well, cheers to that. Thank you so much, Ollie, for joining me today. It's been an absolute pleasure having you here, sharing your story. And I can't wait to hear the feedback. I know that so many people listening will resonate and appreciate what you've had to say today. So thank you. Brilliant. Well, thanks for having me on. It's been great talking. Thank you for being a part of the Generation Elevation community. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to leave a five-star rating, written review, share, and tag me on Instagram at Elise.Riley. Until next time, keep loving, keep learning, and keep rising.